NBA Strayer. How you going? That's right, it is NBA Strayer. It's Friday, July 8, TGIF, am I right? Absolute fucking Friday vibes today, I'll tell you that much. Uh, fun one today. We're going to do a quick free agency summer league catch-up at the end of the week for you. Uh, no KD trade yet, but what are we going to do today? We're going to do what would you give up for KD, bro? What would you give up? Uh, we're going to build the Brooklyn Boomers. Exciting times. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the legend of Chet. Giddy, dominating summer league. Either way, some good stuff there. And uh, we'll go through the dregs of free agency. Oh, yeah, I love some good dregs. Bottom of the beers. Let's get it. Uh, but either way, I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in a miserable NBA Australia studio, Larry Armour Studios. It is a cold, wet, miserable Melbourne day. So I'm going to warm myself up by yelling a lot. <laughs> uh, we'll also have some yeah, nahs, an unpopular opinion of the day, and our back takeouts, and that's it. Uh, we'll finish off with a tribute to one the only, Aaron Bangers Baines with a cooking with Bainesy. Let's get into it. Episode 844 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Oh, you better watch out for the attack. That's right, of the six squid. It has been a rough one. I'll tell you that much. Oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, you might have noticed no show yesterday. I kind of promised one towards the end of the week. Guess what? It's the end of the week. Blow it out your ass. <laughs> but, no, uh, we have had a very sick squid here since, obviously, last week. So, last Thursday, he's been home with me the entire time and... Uh, Look, he had been, uh, you know, getting better and better and better and better and better. There were nights where I was getting up four times in the night to deal with his uh, coughing and all that sort of gear. And then I uh, thought we were in the clear. I think it hit 4 a.m. last night. A couple of coughs woke me up. I'm like, I wonder if we can get through a night with uh, no dad get-ups. Nah. One hour worth of a coughing fit that got brutal and scary. And the old dad time classic. The old spew in my hand. <laughs> oh, at least I caught it. Oh, great times, great memories. Jesus, I could use a good night's sleep. Um, the problem is, obviously, old mate, you might remember that she's pregnant. She's also got shingles, so it's been a fucking shit show down here at NBA Australia this week. But she's all right. Uh, don't get concerned, even though she's uh, super preggers. The shingles, apparently, she's all good, so... Whew. Tell you what, though, I can use a beer. <laughs> God, I'm going to fang a couple tonight. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh, oh Lord. Oh, oh, Lord. It's ridiculous. I, I, oh, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. All right. So, anyway, i got to watch out for the attack of, uh, hey, at least, you know, the squid and old mate time this pretty perfectly when there's absolutely sweet FA going on in the NBA. So, you know, big thumbs up to both of them. So, with that in mind, Let's get into the uh, way we start every show here at NBA Show with a daily whip around noise. That's right. Uh, everything died down in a real fucking quick hurry, didn't it? It's kind of like everybody had an agreement not to fuck with the July 4th holiday in the uh, old US of A. 
got all their shit done early, then took a chill pill and hang the fuck out, <laughs> which has been great. Um, it also means that, you know, for the first part, most of this week, we've been able to marinate in the French sauce of the Rudy Gobert trade. What sort of, uh, what's that, a nice burgundy mushroom sauce? That sounds about right. <laughs> this goes well with your steak of frites. You better believe it. Uh, but the best news that we got today, after all that sort of dying down of the news, the trading, uh, obviously no KD trade yet, the best news basically for a bloke who's gotten fuck all sleep this week because he's looking after a sick squid and a sick wife is that Aaron Bangers Baines. Woo! Bangers is back to a degree at least. He's recovered enough that Bangers is out there in the US of A working out for teams in Vegas uh, as of, I believe, it'll be tomorrow their time, today, or tomorrow our time rather, today their time. Uh, you might remember Bangers, uh, while playing for the Boomers in Tokyo last year, slipped, fell, spinal cord injury. Uh, I believe he's now been checked out and uh, <laughs> given the all clear by both Doctors Deli and Doctor Sobes. <laughs> My two most trusted physicians. Uh, but I'm just stoked that at least he's out there having a crack and getting back into the NBA. Because I tell you, you could use a big man. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Patty Simmer on bangers. Watch out. We'll get to that later. But either way, that was some great news uh, passed down by that big sack of uh, amazing meme, Brian Windhorst, who wrote the uh, sort of full story of what happened to bangers in the hospital in Tokyo, etc. So really awesome news to wake up to essentially today and just go, ah, oh, sick, bangers. Now we're just going to make sure that someone fucking signs him. Uh, but right, other news, uh, Summer League. Now we mentioned the other day we've got a bunch of Aussies involved, obviously the Luke Travaliers of the Cavaliers with Luke Travers, uh, Vasilsevich, that's right, I said his name right this time, DJ. JLA and Duop Reith, the Grim Reitha, are out there for the Suns. Jack White in Denver. Akulda Gak and uh, McCurr McCurr out there in Chicago. Um, a few other blokes just out there. NBL dudes, Vic Law, Taji McCall, Hugo Bosson, Usman Dang. Justinian Jessup. But either way, the coolest part to come out of the... Like, we're not even properly into Vegas Summer League and we've already got... Every Orlando fan shitting their pants because Chet Holmgren has just had some fucking moments. He's under his first game in the uh, summer league, you know, because they have the, like the weird summer leagues, right? They got Orlando, they got Utah, and then they go to Vegas for the big proper one. And uh, we saw Palo Bancaro today, and uh, Jabari. Mate, look, basically getting the young dudes out there is just so much fun because it's their first time we get to see these prospective prospects in NBA situations, and it's awesome. And Chet, holy shit, how was that first game? He had like 23, he hit like a bunch, well, he had six blocks, hit a bunch of threes, and you're like, oh, God, did Orlando fuck up by uh, <laughs> taking Palo? I don't know, uh, but Chet looks pretty bloody good. And um, every Orlando fan is just like, did we overthink this? We had the first pick, what are we doing Oh, my Lord. And uh, meanwhile, look, Paolo, though, wasn't bad. He had his uh, debut, went 5 of 12, hit a couple of threes, looking all right. But, I mean, I'll tell you what, Chet, 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 Chet. Give me some Chet. 
And then the uh, amazing aspect of uh, OKC sort of going, cool, we've got Chet. Guess what? Oh, bro, we've also Josh. We've also got Josh Giddy over here. Giddy up. How is Giddy? He's like, talk about a step and above and beyond summer league competition. Jesus, dropped a triple-double the other day. And today he dumped, he literally dunked Malik Ellison basically out of the NBA, I reckon. Because uh, he, Gid's got his shot blocked by Ellison and then went back the other way and fucking dunked into him, stared him down and got a tech. Again, stare down techs can suck a giant fucking log because they are the worst. Oh, he's showing him up. Well, Guess what? He shouldn't be getting in the road and getting his ass dunked on if he doesn't want to get looked at. Oh, my God, he's looking at him. What should we do? Why'd somebody think of the children? Allison got looked at. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Anyway, so Giddy has been uh, showing his chops. And look, that's why we don't do too much uh, summer league coverage here on NBA Australia, apart from sort of, you know, popping in and out to see how the Aussies are going, because... I look at Summer League as uh, it's like basically a couple of things, right? Like you can see the flashes and it'll of from somebody in a Summer League and it'll confirm what you basically already think of them or at least sort of give you hope that uh, the potential that is there will eventually come out. The other side is you can't overreact to like someone being shit like Trey Young, which is hilarious. Uh, but also... If you don't look that good and you look like you might be a step slow and you might be, uh, you know, struggling, that is like just you got to file that one away just for a little bit of concern later down, but that later down the track. But if you're uh, if you look like you're up to the challenge, then you pretty much belong in the NBA, don't you? Just saying, just saying. All uh, right, other news outside of summer league, which will be fun, and we'll check in on summer league. Next week as well. I think we'll do one show next week. We'll probably do it in the middle of the next week. Uh, but the other news to sort of pop off is that Jock Rockham Sockham Jockham Landale is officially a son. A Phoenix son, that is. He's probably a son, considering that he's probably got a mum. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it works. But he's bangers 2.0. They can shoot the piss out of it. Play a bit of fucking defense. Lay some wood. The sons are like, shit, yeah, we had a dude like that a couple of years ago. What was his name? Oh, yeah, Aaron Bangers Bangs, the man from Mariba. Now got Rock'em Sock'em Big Cock Jock, and he can do the same thing again. Kind of love it. Exciting times for uh, Jock Landau in the Suns' uniforms. Fascinating to see if he gets out there for a bit of Summer League run, but I don't think he's on the uh, roster. So, yeah, well, what can he do? Uh, what else we got? Other news, Isaiah Roby. Got waived by OKC just with their uh, roster crunch. And this is the thing with OKC. When you've got a million picks, and especially first-round picks that are, you know, guaranteed contracts, it adds up pretty quickly if you've got a bunch of dudes on your roster that you kind of like that show you a little bit of something-something. Someone's going to get pushed out the door, and that was Isaiah Roby. So he got waived by OKC because, remember, OKC obviously had Chet Holmgren pick number two. Uh, You had Usman Deng that they traded for. And they had uh, Jalen Williams as well. So, yeah, Isaiah Roby. Off he goes. Gets picked up by the Spurs, though. And anytime someone, like, gets picked off waivers by the Spurs, you're like, ah, fuck, he's going to be good, isn't he? <laughs> that sucks. Other news. Devontae Graham copped a DUI in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jesus. What are you doing, Devontae? It's just, 
when you're that rich, it blows my fucking mind why you'd ever be driving, let alone drinking and driving, you fucking nong. Jesus. Eric Bledsoe, uh, they're going to waive his uh, contract because the deadline was approaching. So there'll be, uh, I love that the news, you know, the the tweets about this. Several teams are expected to go after him as a free agent. Several. <laughs> I like that it's not lots of. It's just a couple. Several. Well, it's more than a couple. It's several. That's basically, you know, 27 teams have watched Eric Bledsoe play in the last few years, and these ones are the ones that are left and are now going to pursue him. <laughs> the other fun stuff that came out, we're now sort of getting... Out of the wash, uh, some of the team deal details. Which, interestingly enough, NBA teams don't have to announce the uh, exact terms of deals that they sign with players. Um, you might not have realized that, but they don't have to, nor do the NHL. But like some players, some agents, some teams are happy to announce them, etc. Uh, but the Brad Beal deal became official. And that is a quarter of a billion bucks for Brad Beal. Oh, and a fucking no-trade clause. Wah, 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 wah. What the hell is that? I mean, seriously. What's that? What the hell was that? What the hell was that? Seriously, a no-trade clause for Brad Beal. I absolutely love it because you might go, oh, yeah, cool, that checks out. I mean, he's pretty good. He wants a no-trade clause. He can get it because he's been with the same team for more than eight years. Off you go. I'll talk about it a little bit more in the NRs, but I also love that it brought up the list of the players that actually have had a no-trade clause, and it's only 10 players. Like, that's awesome. LeBron, KG, Carmelo Anthony, Dirk Nowitzki, Kobe. D-Wade, Timmy Duncan, David Robinson, and John Stockton. Now, Brad Beal joins that list in the no-trade clause, guys. Uh, he also gets a 15% trade kicker, which is not, you know, insignificant when it's a quarter of a billion dollar contract and a player option in year five. I think that one might get picked up, just saying. Because uh, it's Brad Beal and it's a quarter of a billion dollars. Either way, love the no-trade clause. Think it's hilarious. Good on him. Get your money, Brad Bill. Uh, the other sort of little newsy kind of tidbit that I think sent PDX Pete into a bit of a tizzy. Portland are definitely not for sale yet. You might remember uh, Phil Knight from Nike was like, hey, here's $2 billion for Portland. And Jody Allen, the de facto owner of both the Seahawks and the Trailblazers, that's the NFL Seattle Seahawks, as well as our beloved Portland Trailblazers, uh, you might remember her as the sister of Paul Allen who owned them. Uh, she put out a statement saying the teams are not currently for sale, but eventually they basically will be. And you're like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool. Bit fucking weird. <laughs> I mean, why not? So, like, oh, well, I just kind of like owning it. So, all right, that's fine. And there's sort of weird vibes that, you know, it's been sort of like a toxic kind of environment. Um, Jody Allen is sort of not talking to sort of types. And so apparently Jody Allen refused to take Phil Knight's call when she put together the uh, offer to buy the uh, Blazers. And she hasn't apparently talked to Dame Lillard, who apparently has got a bit of a, uh, you know, 
wants to have a bit of a say in what's going on with the Blazers. And the quote was, Damien wanted to sit down and have a conversation with Jody about the team and she didn't return his call. Then he tried to email her. Eventually, she just never responded. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, just sell it. Just fucking sell it. What are you doing? The NBA would absolutely fucking adore to have the uh, head in Nike as one of their owners. So, bit fucking strange. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, this all came out after the uh, statement said, as chair of both the Portland Trailblazers and the Seattle Seahawks, my long-term focus is building championship teams that our communities are proud of. Like my brother, Paul, I trust and expect our leaders and coaches to build winning teams that deliver results on and off the court and field. As I stated before, neither of the teams is for sale and there are no sales discussions happening. Anyway, uh, the time will come when that changes, given Paul's plans to dedicate the vast majority of his wealth to philanthropy, but estates of this size and complexity can take 10 to 20 years to wind down. There is no preordained timeline by which the teams must be sold. Until then, my focus on that of our teams is on winning. Jody Allen. Um, okay, cool. Oh, it takes a while to figure out estates of this size. He wanted to give away all his money. But I want more of the money, and in the meantime, I want to win. All right, just fucking say that. Blow it out your ass. Right. Before we get into free agency and sort of the last few signings and shit, and we talk about a bit of these, uh, you know, what KD's worth, etc. cetera. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, hasn't the Rudy Gobert trade stuff been fucking fascinating? I've loved it. We've been able to, as I said, marinate in this burgundy French sauce uh, to get, what, that haul of, as we've sort of laid it out, essentially kind of six first-rounders. 2023, 25, 27 unprotected, 29 first rounder, top five protected. Uh, this year's first, Walker Kessler, Landry Balmero from 2020, and a pick swap in 2026, as well as uh, Pat Bear, Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley. I've loved, loved, loved all the slightly differing opinions and thoughts of everybody out there wondering and pontificating about what this trade means what it will result in and whether they think it's good, bad, in between, whatever. And I think, as I said on Monday's show, I kind of, it's an overpay. Without fail, like, as I said on Monday's show, the way you've got to operate this thing is when, as you're negotiating this deal, do you think, not having one of those picks in there, Utah walk away. <laughs> like the 2029 top five protected. Do we really need to put that in when they're already getting 23, 25, 27 and a swap in 26, you know? But it's Danny Ainge. He's going to ask the world. You don't have to give it to him. But either way, I still think it's a big overpay. We don't know what the results are going to be. It's going to be one of the 100% one of the most polarizing and interesting trades we'll see probably this decade. Because... Utah now just get basically all of fucking Minnesota's picks for the next decade. Essentially, all their picks this decade. Leandro Balmero for 2020, Walker Kessler in 2022, 23, 25, 27, and a swap in 26 if need be. That's huge for a dude who is getting paid an absolute fuck ton of money in Rudy Gobert, but is also a three-time defensive player of the year, but also can't get your bucket when need be. (laughs) So, look, to give up that much draft capital for a guy that you're sort of sitting there going, geez, I know that we've got a lot of offense already, but now we're investing a lot of money in Twin Towers, one of whom in the pick and roll might be a bit of a threat, but otherwise 
We've seen flashes on the French national team of him able to do other things, but with D'Lo, Anthony Edwards, and Carl Anthony Towns on the team, we're not going to need him to do too much. And I think the way we've sort of looked at this, you do, I have had it put to me, it's like, oh, wow, how the fuck else would Minnesota get better? It's like, well, I mean, the way they've gotten as good as they are now, by drafting. But this is a, and like, that's where they've gotten to via the draft, right? Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, you pulled the trade off for uh, your man D'Lo, which is hilarious because everyone knows how I feel about D'Lo, and it's not great. And uh, <laughs> having watched him for years in Brooklyn, and this is the swing. And even if it's an overpay, you do wonder, right? Fuck it, we've got new owners. We understand that, but Gobert is fucking good, and defensively, he's on a completely different different plane and level than, what, 99.9% of the NBA. So, I mean, he's a three-time defensive player of the year. So the way I look at it, like, I can't wait to see what happens here because if he lifts their defense in the top 10, basically just via his own specific presence and they can figure out how to integrate him on offense so he's not, like, you know, crowding Anthony Edwards driving to the hoop or D'Lo driving to the hoop. Remember when he did that? Carl uh, <laughs> Anthony Towns turning into basically a spot-up fucking shoot-up. Chris Finch has got a lot of uh, interesting questions on his hand, Hanza, and I'm fascinated to see how it all sort of washes out because I think the cool part for me is that Minnesota, they already have the offensive firepower. You have to make sure that Rudy doesn't stymie that by ruining the spacing for man So you've suddenly got Carl Anthony Towns as, you know, a perimeter shooter for most of the time. But he's the best shooting big man of all time, he reckons. That's fine. But Rudy in the pick and roll would be both D'Lo and Ant-Man. You kind of love that idea, you know, him getting lobs all the time. But in fourth quarters, guess what? You're not going to be getting lobs <laughs> in the playoffs. What? What happens in the fourth quarter of playoffs? That often. Not that often. Lobs. Oops. Carl Anthony Towns, great pick and pop player. Kind of love it. It's going to be fascinating. So I think where I've essentially landed is, yeah, it's a crazy, crazy overpay. Let's just fucking see if it works. If it doesn't, that's even funnier. Just saying. Right. Latest frequency gear. What do you reckon? Has it been a uh, interesting frequency this week? No. No, it hasn't. But do we get Thomas Not Kobe Bryant back to the Lakers? You better bloody believe it. Woo! I'm excited about this. Because Thomas Not Kobe Bryant, you might remember, he got waved by the Lakers back in the day. And now he's back on the Lakers. A, that's hilarious. B, I love it. You know, three shooting big man. You'd love to see that on the Lakers next to AD, next to LeBron James. And the uh, Motley crew they've assembled there in Lakerland. At the same time, though, he's not Dwight Howard. That's good. <laughs> he's not 34. That's good. So I kind of love the not Kobe Thomas Bryant signing for the Lakers. Uh, a couple of signings for Brooklyn. TJ Bubble MJ. TJ Warren. He's to the Nets uh, on the minimum. He's played four games in the last two years after, uh, what was it, back-to-back stress fractures in his foot. Uh, but he's recovering, so you got to remember. I mean, he's twenty nine. 
He was averaging 20 points a game, essentially, a couple of years ago. So then you've got Edmund Sum- Sumner, Edmund Bernie Sumner, as I like to call him, off to Brooklyn as well. And you sort of look around and go, that's uh, not too bad. To, to go with Royce O'Neal, kind of don't mind that for the uh, Nets. You know, even with the KD circus going on, and who knows what the fuck Kyrie's thinking or doing, but pretty solid. Serge Ibaka, back to uh, the Milwaukee Bucks on a one-year deal. Gorgie Dang, sure. He's got a one-year deal with the Spurge. Love that. And the other Martin, Caleb. Three-year, 20-plus million dollar deal to go back to the Heat. Uh, Jericho Sims, he was their two-way center on the Knicks last year. He's got a uh, new three-year deal. That'd be uh, one of those classic two ways that you construct into a minimum deal with two player options on the other end of them, <laughs> a.k.a. the Dante Exum last year. You might remember that with Houston. Uh, John Conker, he's got a three-year, $19 million deal with the Grizz. Love that. He was very handy for the Grizzlies. Uh, and one I missed the other day, uh, the starter free agency. I had it written down, but I just kept skipping over it. Uh, Ricky Tikitata, Ruby O, is sticking with the uh, Cavs. So... That's a three-year, $18 million deal. So that's a bit of a uh, mid-level exception dealio. So you might look at this and go, shit, Jimmy, well, then what else is left? And I'll tell you what, not bloody much. Colin Sexton, Miles Bridges, a couple of restricted free agents. Obviously, DeAndre Ayton. Just waiting on uh, anybody out there with a bit of cap space to go, hey, DeAndre, do you want to come and play for us? And he'll be like, no. Yes, please, get me out of here. Or waiting for the Kevin Durant trade to sort of fall. So it kind of feels like that's kind of like the last of the off-season business, doesn't it? James Harden, his eventual deal and what it looks like is actually, it's a bit odd that that hasn't been resolved. But at the same time, by the time all the, uh, you know, start of the new NBA season and all the weird embargoes and shit are lifted on when you sign dudes, when you can't sign dudes, the Harden deal, it behooves the Sixers to sort of just wait. Like, Harden doesn't need to sign it right now. Maybe they get themselves into the KD sweepstakes and maybe they need Harden to sort of sign for a specific number. So that's why that hasn't happened yet, I'd say. But yeah, Colin Sexton, Miles Bridges, obviously Bridges being arrested last week because he's a big piece of shit, allegedly. Uh from all, you know, <laughs> reports, fucking hell. It's not a surprise that he hasn't been signed, but it's really KD, Kyrie, Harden, and then the restricted dudes that are left, Aiton, Sexton, and Bridges, and that's kind of it. So I'll tell you what, the slowdown is happening pretty soon, and it's happening right now, and that's why we'll probably only do one show next week. So, right, with all this in mind, let's take a quick break, come back with uh, f- a couple of the uh, ideas of the KD trades that I sketched out very briefly on Monday. And we'll talk about what KD's worth right after, let's say, this one. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Let's do it. So, some of the, uh, I mean, pretty much we're all filling in a lot of time at the moment, trying to figure out exactly what is going to happen with KD. And, of course, no one knows. No one. No one bloody knows what's going on 
I'd even argue that Sean Marks is sitting there going, you know what? I don't fucking know either. Do you reckon we convince him to stay? Made some nice moves here. Fuck it. Do you reckon keep him and Kyrie around? What do you think? Oh, bro, I'll try to keep them both happy and we'll see what happens here. Good job, Sean Marks. So, the biggest disconnect I've sort of seen this week in the way people have talked about KD, the way he's been written about, is the wide array of what folks think he's worth and how the Rudy Gobert trade has or hasn't affected that idea of what KD's worth. And, you know, suddenly it's like, oh, it needs to be a record haul. And we had a great question from, uh, I think it was Matty Owers earlier this week, essentially going, you know, Rudy Gobert essentially being traded for nine assets has got to almost be a record for one player. And you're like, to be honest, it's pretty fucking close, right? And what is KD worth in terms of your asset haul? And I kind of love it. Like, if I'm Sean Marks, and fuck, maybe I am. <laughs> I sat behind him enough at Brooklyn Games. It was pretty fun. Hey, Sean, bro, what are you doing here? Uh, but you've got to look at this and go, right, I think my first order of business is to go, Kevin, seriously, man, how about we just fucking stick fat? You wanted to build something here. I'm going to talk about the you want to build something here a little bit later. Uh I want you to stay. You're a top 12 player of all time. You chose to come here with Kyrie. You got, well, all we've done is sign, do everything that you guys wanted us to do. And now you're trying to fuck us because we didn't want to mortgage our future by hooking it up to Kyrie Irving, your best fucking mate in the world, apparently, who also, when it's his birthday, decides to fucking go AWOL for two weeks without telling anybody. You want to hook your fucking wagon up to that guy? Seriously, dude? And you want out because of that? We fired Kenny Atkinson because of you guys. We signed DeAndre Jordan and traded Jarrett Allen because of you fucking idiots. Bro, if you're not happy with this front office, it's all because of your fucking influence of what we've done here that's put us in this situation. And now you're like, oh, I don't like this. I want to go. How about you fucking take a bit of ownership? and chill the fuck out, and we run it back, we see how you go with Simo, we see how you, Simo, and Kyrie operate together, and we go from there. And then we'll try to figure out maybe the trade deadline if you still feel the same way. That is my first order of business. My second order of business is waiting. 100% waiting. I'm not fucking making a trade now, especially now that the draft is done. If I couldn't pry loose one of those top three picks... And a star, fuck it, I'm waiting. Because everybody else is going to go, oh, well, we're not going to give you our best offer now. And it's like, yeah, I understand that. I wouldn't do that either. But if I'm sure, Marks, I'm waiting. And then in the end, I've got a checklist. My checklist is what I want, what I need in a KD deal if I have to make one. I don't want to make one, but... If someone comes across, you know, the old uh, old dog and bone, calls me up and goes, hey, Sean. I'm like, yes, bro. What's up, B? I've got this package for you. Okay, man, I'm listening, eh? I need at least, Sean needs at least one legit, one, at least one, legit prospective star, if not a star already. That's your Brandon Spindles Ingram. That's your... 
Scotty Barnes, it's your Maxi, it's your Anthony Simons, etc. Uh, and away you go, right? So that or a very recent draft pick who maybe that sort of guy, if you're going to go to like say Washington, like I said the other day, Johnny Davis, etc. Dyson Daniels there in New Orleans as well. I need at least one of those, if not two, and I probably need two because the second one probably needs to be at least a high-end, almost quasi-all-star. And then, on top of that, depending on the level of dudes that you've just given me, if it's Spindles, Ingram, and Dyson Daniels, I could probably settle for not eight first-round picks. You know, (laughs) If it's Michael Bridges and DeAndre Ayton, maybe Cam Johnson, I can maybe slow down on some of the picks. But it all depends on the level of dudes that you're getting in that young star, prospective superstar, and the next player as well, right? Because if I'm going to build a team from the studs back up with Ben Simmons, I'm going to build that team around him and his strengths and go from there, right? And that's where you need really good young players that are at least on that Simmons timeline that fit that are also guns themselves because you're trading fucking Kevin Durant. And then after the Go Bear trade, depending on that level of player, I need at least three first rounders. If you're getting a Spindles Ingram, maybe that's two first rounders. If you're getting uh if you're getting Scotty Barnes, probably that's only two first rounders or a one in a swap, who knows? If you've got Siakam in there as well. But essentially, you've got Two very good players that I need to fill out my roster. I'm going to need at least two to three first-rounders, probably one or two swaps as well, and maybe, just for fucking kicks, I need another young dude just tagged on there as well, just to keep filling out my roster here in Brooklyn, as well as, essentially, I don't know, another roll of the dice. That's your Johnny Davis sort of dude. That's your... uh other picks, maybe, whatever. But either way, there's your sort of checklist. Give me a star. Give me a secondary quasi-star. A couple of picks, boom. You can have Kevin Durant as well as AR. I'll take one or two of swaps. What do you reckon? So we talked about the five trades I mentioned the other day, and I forgot one of them. I actually had it written down again, but I skipped over it because I'm a moron. It was in my bonus section. But we talked about this Phoenix, Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Maybe Cam Johnson, right? And that's where you go, oh, shit. So we've got Michael Bridges, 3 and D gun, shows some offensive flash. DeAndre Ayton, defensive anchor, feasibly. Can do a little bit of off- do a little bit on offense as well. Has a great pedigree. And this is where I'm going to go, can I also have Cam Johnson? And I'll have three of your first Phoenix. Phoenix don't give a fuck about the draft anyway. So why not? We might even need a swap in there as well because you're getting Kevin Durant. That's where I feel pretty good. Toronto, as I mentioned on Monday, I only trade with Masai Ujiri if I'm getting Scoob. Scotty Barnes. Every Toronto fan in the world is like, nah, fuck it. I don't want I don't want Kevin if I can't keep Scoob. You're like, cool. You do realize that you're getting Kevin Durant. <laughs> but he's like 10 years older. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. You're also getting Kevin Durant. And if you're getting Scoob, maybe you're getting OG. You're getting 
probably still two first in that as well, or I'm hanging up the phone. Like, sure, Marks, I don't care if I'm getting Siakam and Endoji and like two picks. I need Scoob in that deal or else I'm hanging up. Philly, as we talked about the other day, Maxi, Tobias Harris, and Matty T, as well as pick swaps on 25, 27, a 26 first, and a 28 top five protected first. That way, Daryl Morey just gets to go, fuck it. I don't give a shit about the draft either. Fucking hate drafting dudes. It sucks. It makes me angry. Now I've got Harden, Durant, and Embiid. This is great. And away they go. Portland, that one was uh, 25-27 first, a 26 pick swap. Anthony Simon, Shaden Sharp, and Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant. So that's one young dude, a high-level sort of role player ish kind of star, and Grant, a prospect in Sharp and a couple of picks, kind of like that. And uh, Washington was Johnny Davis, Kuzma Kispert, Danny Avdija, 25-27 and 25-27 first and a 26 pick swap. I'd probably need another pick from Washington there as well because we know how much of a shit show they are. Brooklyn are like, cool. If KD wants to hang out with Brad Beal, I'm going to have every one of your picks essentially for the rest of this decade, Washington. And Washington have got to be, like, got to be a little bit like, eh, to be honest, this will make us interesting. And that will make Washington hilarious as per usual. The other one I really all, you know, looked at, New Orleans, Spindles Ingram. It's the like-for-like like swap for KD. And then you sort of end up negotiating, can I get Dyson Daniels? Can I get some firsts? What do we do? And you can see the structure of a deal pretty easily there, right? Like you've already got CJ McCollum, uh, Spindles. As soon as you've got Durant, he becomes, you know, superfluous. So he goes in the deal, obviously, and he's the one guy because you can't get Zion now because he's signed his rookie max extension. You can't do that if you want to keep Simo. So you get Spindles Ingram next to Ben Simmons. Bit of Dyson Daniels in there, the Aussie connection. Away you go. I'm happy to, uh, you know, take a couple of firsts off your hands and let's talk. But I kind of like the New Orleans vibe. But the thing is, if you're like going to construct any deal for KD, you talk about, you know, there's been the rumors of Boston and what Brooklyn may or may not have asked for. If you're going to give up Jalen Brown and something else for Kevin Durant. You're keeping Tatum, obviously. That's what you need to be keeping. I just don't know like what Boston really... <laughs> you know, They were two wins away from winning the fucking title this year. KD over Jalen Brown. At least it had given them some dude who's not going to shit the bed like Tatum did in the uh, finals. I'm just saying. The Bulls are always going to be an interesting one because I kind of pre- like prefer them as a Kyrie destination if I can pry Lonzo off the Bulls with uh, Patch Williams. But if you're going to send KD over there, I mean, you can sort of build out a pretty interesting package. But with Levine already signing his uh, deal, he can't go until December, so it's a bit of a tricky one. There was the Atlanta one that we talked about the other day as well, where they've just gone all in for DeJunte. Why not go all the fuck away and give up John Collins? That's a tall cocktail. Bogdan, your remaining firsts, which I think are 23 and 29, that you're allowed to give away, and then whatever swaps aren't already owned by San Antonio. Essentially, Atlanta just go, well, we've got no draft picks for the rest of the decade. Sucks to be us. What are you going to do? And But we've got Trey Young and Kevin Durant, you know? Kind of cool vibes, kind of fun ones. And uh, you look around the rest of the league, though, and it gets pretty tricky pretty quickly. Like the Grizzlies, if they want to build out a package, 
Like you're asking for Jaron Jackson Jr. and probably Desmond Bain and a fuck ton of firsts to send him off. The Miami Heat, one of his preferred destinations, I just can't see enough talent coming back for a KD trade. Cool, we got Tyler Hero. You mean the guy who barely played in the playoffs? Oh, he was hurt. Yeah, and he doesn't play any fucking defense. Jesus. Oh, you get Duncan Robinson? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you know? But because you can't get Bam back in that deal, obviously, because of the rookie max extension. So Miami's deal becomes just sort of a little bit too bereft of talent for my liking. Charlotte, similar vibes. Oh, it's Gordon Hayward, bro. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Miles Bridges, yeah, he's going to jail. Like, what are we doing here? So Dallas is a fascinating aspect, but having just lost Brunson, pairing Luca and KD, it gets pretty hard uh, with the deals that Dallas have. The Clippers, if you want to do a Paul George for KD swap, I kind of love that, <laughs> just on the down low. But... And obviously the Warriors are the one that loom, ones that loom, but in terms of getting him to the Warriors, it's pretty difficult because Wiggins is also on a uh, rookie extension. So Wiggins is going to go elsewhere if uh, if you're going to keep Simmons and boom. Um, Portland, we talked about them. Utah, it's, they're in blow-it-up mode. It would be hilarious if Donnie Mitchell and KD ended up on the same team, but Utah just don't seemingly have anything enough to give back to Brooklyn to keep them competitive. Minnesota... If you're giving me Carl Anthony Towns, that seems fine. But yeah, I don't know. So when you sort of think about the sheer weight of a deal that is going to be going out there for KD, the list gets pretty short pretty quickly. And it sort of comes down to, you know, 10, 11 teams where they feasibly could make a deal happen, would want to make a deal happen, and Brooklyn would be sort of okay with actually that happening, right? Because you think about the tanking teams like Detroit, Indy, San Antonio, like those sorts of teams, probably nap. And then Orlando, obviously, OKC. It would be hilarious if he went back to OKC, but the problem is it's really hard to construct a deal when you've got just young dudes without those sort of proven dudes unless you give Shy up, but he can't go there because of Simmons. And we talked about this on Monday's show, that rookie extension's a great idea if people want to stay where they're drafted. Otherwise, it makes shit really fucking hard. So I don't know. What do you think about KD's, you know, trade asset worth? Because I think that's where I'm landing. I'm landing at least one replacement sort of star, another high-level-ish kind of star wannabe filler-in kind of guy, and then a fuck ton of draft capital. And then away we go. Because Brooklyn have bent over backwards in the Harden trade to put him with Kyrie and KD. They gave up fucking so much to get him. And now they've got to sort of recoup that and stay competitive because they can't tank. <laughs> so talk about up against the uh, up against the wall and you know floating down shit creek without a paddle at the moment. Right. With all that in mind, we'll do a quick couple of yeah nahs and we'll get out of your hair. We'll get into the weekend. Sound good? Righto. We'll do some yeah nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington. 
or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. 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 Let's do some ENRs brought to you by the NBA Strop. The, the NBA Shop, that's right. NBA Australia Shop. Jesus, get your merch. Do it. Steve up. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it. That's right. NBA Australia.com slash shop or just click on through the links through the socials. Get a t shirt. Get a hoodie. Away you go. Help a brother out. You know, I've been dealing with a sick squid all week, man. Been sleeping in the spare room because of old made shingles. <laughs> <laughs> but the boxes are still there, so off you go. Get a T-shirt, help a brother out. Right, let's do some ENRs. Uh, number one, does the Brad Beal deal, no trade clause, signal a bit of a fuck you to everybody, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, I kind of love it. I love that Brad Beal would have asked for this and gone, you know what? I am fucking sick of being in trade talks. Now, whenever anyone talks about me being in a trade, it has to be because I okayed it or else they're talking about, oh, well, he can't be traded unless he okays it. Like, that's an awesome power play. And it also kind of gives both sides, like, a stake in the arrangement. Like, the Wiz have sort of been backed into a corner by Beal with this no trade where they go, right, Bradley, we love being in business with Bradley Beal. Sure, you've never led us fucking anywhere. Sure, we've not been that good with you, but we're committed to you. And he's like, yeah, good. Well, you can't trade me unless I want to go, and I'm not going to go just anywhere. So it behooves you to do the best by me. And that's kind of cool and hilarious. Like, it is hilarious that this is the Wizards. Now, literally, if Brad Beal doesn't like any trade that they bring to him at some point, if they want to trade him, he can just go, nah, I'm staying. You owe me a quarter of a billion dollars, you dickheads. Sucked in. You know? Like the Wiz are in the Brad Beal business for the next five years unless Brad Beal goes, yeah, cool, I want to go there now. Like that is an amazing situation in 2023. So great job by Brad Beal. And for the Wiz, I mean, now, like this has sort of forced your hand. You've got to build around him. This is it. <laughs> You're in the Brad Beal Business. I love it. Hey, uh, are the Brooklyn moves that they've pulled off already so far this offseason sneakily okay? Yeah, nah. Yeah. Bubble MJ, Edmund Bernie Sumner, Royce O'Neal. Suddenly, I'm just saying, they've got a bit of size out there out of nowhere. And this was like the ironic thing because they were much too small against Boston in the uh, postseason. And as I bemoaned during that series, the fact that they gave up, uh, they had to waive James Bloodsport Johnson uh, before the playoffs to make sure that they could keep Kessler Edwards and not have him on a two-way deal. They lose James Johnson. Suddenly they don't have any other size outside of KD on the perimeter to guard, you know, Jalen Brown, Tatum and co. And now they've got Bubble MJ. Now they've got Royce O'Neal. You've got, you think about their lineup if KD just sort of fucking goes, right, I'm sticking. You got Kyrie, Seth Curry, Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, Nikki Claxton. 
TJ Warren off the bench. Royce O'Neal, if you want to plug him in. Paddy Thrills, like it's a pretty good lineup. And this is kind of like the weird, sneaky aspect of the Kevin Durant trade request. It's like, Kevin, what team that you get traded to could feasibly actually have a better lineup than you, Kyrie, Ben Simmons, Royce O'Neal, Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Like, it's pretty fucking good. I'm just saying. Just saying. Hmm. We'll talk about that in one more second as well. Uh, Matty Owers. Jimmy, will Utah pick up bangers? Yeah, nah. Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge. Nah. Should he, though? Yeah. (laughs) Because Danny Ainge needs to clear his karmic conscience in the way he fucked Aaron Banger's bones. Hey, Bangers, sign for less here in Boston and we won't trade you. Oh, okay, no problems. I trust you, Danny Ainge. Bang, you traded. Not good. But uh, look, Utah, it would be hilarious, but no. Because if I'm Aaron Banger's Bangers, I'm looking, well, look, if Utah came and knocking for Bangers, I'd be like, yep, fucking sure. Good. I'm back in the NBA, off we go. Uh, but the two spots he should land are Brooklyn or Boston. Because A, Boston need a big now that they're out of Danny Tice. And don't you feel like Bangers, at his best, if he's fully recuperated, is exactly what they need? Like he's a dude who can guard some spots, give you a bit of size, shoot some threes, off he goes. And B, more importantly, they will not win a ring until they fix their fucked karma from the Isaiah Thomas trade and the Bangers trade. So Boston should fucking do it just for that. Brad, what are you doing, mate? Get right around it. Sign bangers. Replace Danny Tice. Bring him back. Fix your karma. And then you might be able to win a win. Wing a ring. <laughs> I'm just saying. And, uh, of course, the other one is Brooklyn. Pair him with Patty and Simo and boom. That just kind of works a lot for me. Also, Brooklyn don't have any bigs. Ah, uh, but LaMarcus Aldridge, yeah. He's a big in the way that I'm a professional broadcaster. (laughs) I get paid. That's fine. Also, I broadcast, but it's not the same thing, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, Nick Claxton's very young. Dayron Sharp is kind of good, but get bangers in there and away you go. I love it. But yeah, Danny Ainge loves him a bit of bangers, but he also, you know, stabbed him in the back. So here we are. Uh, Brad McKeegan. Jimmy, yeah, now the fact that Kung Fu Thon is staying on for the Boomers and not going back to the States means he won't be in the NBA to start next season. Yeah, nah. Nah, not particularly. But, I mean, this is all for the Asian Cup, right? So where they've just um, essentially announced the uh, the squad for the Asian... Yeah, the, the Asian Cup, right? So Basketball Australia are like, yeah, cool, here's the... Uh, the Boomers squad for this run, and you're like, all right, sick, man. That'll be fun. Can't wait. And Kung Fu Thon's on there. You're like, all right, that's sick. Don't mind that. Pretty exciting. And uh, we've got the team announcement. The coolest thing for me is like that uh, Big Willie, uh, Willie McDowell-White, is on the uh, squad. But you've got Alex Dukas, Sam Froling, Thon, Mitch McCarron, Sam McDaniel, Willie McDowell, Dave Guerra, Garnet Pinder, Tyrese Proctor, Love that. Clint Steindl. 
Wani Swagger, Low Bullock, and Reese Vag. So Alex Dukas is uh, <laughs> Dukas <laughs> being admonished by Chris Golding on the uh, broadcast the other night. It was amazing. But I think this is good for Thon, right? Like it's kind of like the vibe is like he showed some pretty impressive flashes against China and Japan, like that two block possession, the oop from De- the oops from Delhi. Uh, but at the same time, like he wasn't also dominant. So it's kind of more like getting back up to speed, get some more games under his uh, small size green belt, and away he goes, right? So I think Kung Fu Thon just needs these sorts of runs to remind everybody that yeah, he kicks ass quite literally, takes some names, and can still play, and can play in the NBA. Let's go, Thon. Uh, Brad McGagan also sent through Brooke Lopez as the Brooke, uh, this is the Nets' leading scorer, the franchise leading scorer. Even with uh, KD and Kyrie on the outer, yeah, nah, Box Hill Benny is the man <laughs> most likely to pass him. <laughs> I love this because you kind of like it made me think. Yeah, look, we know that Benny's not a scorer, and he's probably not going to go past Brooke Lopez all time as the Nets' leading scorer, but. It just got my brain whirling about, like, where do you think Ben Simmons would actually be happiest playing? You know? A small market with no pressure, uh, a big market on a shit team so he can get all the attention with none of the pressure or none of the expectations, a third or fourth banana on a good team where no one really thinks about him and puts all the pressure on him. You know? I think when we look at Ben Simmons, like, the... The thing that just has probably shit me the most over the last 14 months from the Atlanta series for not playing for the Boomers in the World Cup, the petulant sitting out, the weird passive-aggressive fucking going to practice with his phone in his pants kind of shit. Uh, And then, you know, the injury. Like, the dude, before the injury, like, just wasted an entire year of his prime. Do we trust that he's worked on his game? Like, what does he look like if and when he actually plays a game? I'm fascinated by that because I would fucking love it if Ben Simmons came back absolutely firing on a Nets team that maybe doesn't have Kyrie and KD or does have them, but he just plays to the absolute fucking best uh, ability of his talent, right? Fills in the gaps on defense. He's dropping 17-9-9 a night, no problems. If he's without KD and Kyrie, it would be even better if suddenly he turned into an offensive fucking powerhouse himself was dropping 25 a game. Unfortunately, that's not his game. But fuck, it'd be fun to see it, wouldn't it? And it just makes me wonder, what has he been doing these last 14 months? Because how often does an NBA player just get a chance to go, ah, oh, well, I'm not going to be playing in games. I'm going to take 3,000 shots a day <laughs> and work on my jumper. From fucking, you know, morning to night, off we go. Or has he been working on his Instagram game that he just deleted, which is hilarious. So I'm just saying. It's a big question. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. The Scotty Barnes talk out there is hilarious to me. Like, Scotty Barnes is shows a lot of promise. <laughs> Is he a top 12 player of all time, though? If not, I think you can safely chuck him in a KD trade. Make him your centerpiece of that trade and away you go. I get the KD's 34. I get the KD's a risk versus Scoob, who you've got under contract for this rookie contract and then the max extension if he gets it at the same time. But 
you've seen it work out if you're Toronto with Kawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that it feels like Raptors fans just want to build this team into another title contender as well uh, organically. And that's kind of cool because you've won the mercenary title that still had Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry and a bunch of your favorite sons as well. But the weird thing is, like, KD for four years, don't you think that Toronto would kind of be, like, the perfect environment for him? It's like, I think he'd love Toronto, and I think it would be the best spot for him because he's out of the furnace of the day-to-day USA New York coverage where he's on the back cover of the New York Post every fucking morning, and he can just hoop, and that's all he wants to do. All I want to do is hoop, man. I just want to hoop. I just want to hoop. Then why did you insist on DeAndre Jordan getting signed if all you want to do is hoop? Oh, I just want to hoop with my friends. But can you tell when your friends are shit? I'm just asking. But anyway, this is like the second part of what is KD worth in a trade. My big question is, what do you think KD wants to be remembered for? Oh, he was an amazing scorer. Also glommed on to teams to get his rings. Because we're all going to like, look, I'm not going to say all. I hate it when that happens. I think a view of KD will be, yeah, look, those Golden State teams were unreal with him on it, but it's a bit of a fucking cheat code. And if he does it again, that becomes like part of the first sentence of his legacy, right? An amazing scorer, won rings on teams that he joined, never built anything himself, you know? If he goes to Toronto, it kind of has like a bit of the aspect of like we're building something together. And there's like one other spot I think that I landed on that would be kind of similar because he's already thought of as an all-time great. We understand that. I think we got him at number 12 in our all-time rankings here at NBA Australia. But if he wants to be thought of as an all-time great, an all-time legit dude, he fucking stays in Brooklyn and builds that back up. He navigates the drama. We've seen... A Kobe trade request, just go, nah, fuck off, Kobe. You're staying, all right? If Sean Marks and the Nets just have enough fucking balls and chutzpah about them, they keep him, and that team actually gets good, that means so much fucking more to KD's legacy than if he went to Phoenix or Miami and glommed on again, because this is it. If he goes just about anywhere else, he's glomming on again, and that becomes the story. If he goes to Miami, guess what? That's Jimmy Butler's team. It's also Pat Riley's team, (laughs) essentially, right? And he goes to Miami. It's a bit of a co-share, but it's Jimmy Butler who's, you know, grit and grinded his way to the top and KD coming in, swanning in over the top to uh, glom onto it and glom onto Jimmy Butler's work ethic and success, right? Same thing if he goes to Philly. That's Embiid's team, obviously. And it's also kind of Harden's team. And he's just creating another super team. If he goes to Phoenix, doesn't that feel like, yeah, Booker and CP3 have already been to a finals. I'll join them. Great. 
you're not going to be the face of the franchise, though. Devin Booker is. And Chris Paul is kind of like, you know, the engine that makes that go. So people are going to look at that and go, yeah, he just jumped on board another fucking freight train. Atlanta, same kind of vibe. He and Trey Young might be uh, kind of fun. But everyone adores Trey Young in Atlanta. Portland, that's always going to be Dame's team if he ended up in Portland. Memphis, same thing. That's Jar's team through and through. Even New Orleans. Like, if a 34-year-old Kevin Durant joins CJ McCollum, it still feels like that's Zion's team. <laughs> as weird as that might feel. Because everyone's going to look at that and go, ah, oh, cool, Kevin Durant's on Zion's team. Toronto, it's his team. It's Fred Van Vliet. If they uh, trade Scoob, which is the only way he'd get there if uh, I'm involved, <laughs> which I'm not, just to make sure. Uh, like nobody else, like Kyle Lowry or DeMarta Rosen, has an ownership of that team right now. KD can go there and it can sort of be his team, or at least he's building a, he's a big part of something there that he's building, and uh, he sort of gets to be the face of it. And I'll tell you what, the other one is, weirdly enough, Washington. Because A, it's him coming home, and B, Brad Beal has never been like the A-list superstar that Brad Beal seemingly thinks that he is, right? He's leading the NBA's sort of most prominent second banana thrust into a first banana (laughs) role. He's putting him in like the exact spot that he needs to be and leading Brad Beal to the promised land. So I think you look around the league, no matter how you really wash it, for any way, anywhere that KD lands, it's going to feel like a glom. You know, apart from those last two, Toronto and Washington. Like he goes to Boston, it's still going to be Jason Tatum's team. It's just fucking weird. If he goes to the Clippers in exchange for Paul George, which it, again would be hilarious, it's still going to be a lot of cool. Why, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he also feels like a uh, a clipper, doesn't he? All right. Last thing for uh, the week, Outback Takehouse. Let's bloody well do it. This is a good one. Oh, yeah. It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. Ice cold 4-for-1-2-G-I-F, icy cold Foster's oil drum cans. That's right. Icy cold. Horse piss in a can. I mean, beer in a can. That's right. The can's the size of your fucking head. Get it right up ya. Just like an Aussie would. Only at Outback. And it goes great with a flame grill take. And today's flame grill take is... The team that signs Aaron Banger's Banes will win the NBA title. And that team should be... The Brooklyn Nets. Because they should also then trade... Kevin Durant to the Pelicans for Dyson Air Daniels and Spindles Ingram and a couple of firsts. Then the Nets should also send Kyrie Irving and a couple of those firsts that they've got to OKC for Josh Giddy-Up Giddy. And then they should sign a free agent Dante Exum from Spain. Then convince the Bucks to wave Jingling Joe Ingles in December and pick him up. Then wait for the Suns to wave Jock Landale and pick him up. And trade Cam Thomas to Dallas for Josh Greeny Green, why not? Then send Seth Curry back to Philly for Aussie Matty T, Matisse Tybel, and Joe Ingles' best mate, George Niang, 
and then they can roll out the Brooklyn Boomers. Only at Outback. That's right, Josh Giddy, Patty Thrills, Jingles, Big Simo, Ben Simmons, Aaron Bangers, Baines, Dyson, Air Daniels, Dante, Sexum Up, Exum, Josh Greeny Green, Aussie Matty T, Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale. And we'll get George Niang in a fucking Aussie passport as well. Because boom, not only will they win the NBA title, they can roll straight into the 2023 World Cup without missing a beat and win the bloody gold there too. Let's fucking go the Brooklyn Aussie Boomers. Only at Outback. To be honest, I just want that to happen. <laughs> Is it wishful thinking? Perhaps. But also... Who fucking cares? Let's make it happen. All right. And that is it for this week. What a week it has been if you're... Uh, me. It hasn't been a giant, massive week for the old news. But at the same time, I mean, who cares? You know, it was nice to have a bit of a uh, a week where I was like sort of just hanging out with the squid, looking after him and not having to uh, work the entire time. So, you know, small blessing, I guess. Either way, that's it. We'll be back next week. Uh, as mentioned, we'll do a show midweek next week if... Uh, Unless there is like a KD trade or something massive that happens, then we'll jump back on. So, yeah, look for another show probably Tuesday or Thursday next week, I reckon. See how we go. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG. We're all over, all over the socials. And what we'll do this offseason, uh, because there is no World Cup, no Olympics or whatever, we might actually just take some weeks off. So there just won't be NBA Australia's for a few weeks. Just, just a heads up, you know. I love doing this. It's fucking great. I also need a bit of time off. <laughs> it's been fucking, what, five seasons we've done this, and I think the last three we've had pretty much a zero break. So good time. Just, you know, wanting to uh, float that out there and just give you a heads up that that's probably what's going to happen. Uh, but either way, uh, we're always, you know, whenever there's going to be a trade or whatever, we're always happy to jump back on. Make sure you're around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, chopping it up about the NFL. That's going to fire up again soon. World Wrestling Australia with Adam. That's over on YouTube. Get around the NBAAustralia.com shop. That's right. That's NBAAustralia.com slash shop or uh, any of the links on the socials. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app. Get around Knowable. Download that. Bang in the code Australia. Get 20% off. And big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song and Joshua Delarantis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and the Dozers for the tunes that you hear throughout the show. They're all the best. I fucking love those bands. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. Now we're going to go jump into the weekend with a uh, tribute to the big fella himself, a cooking with Bainesy. It's a classic. It's a goodie. It's awesome. And we'll catch you next week. You absolute legends. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, dickheads. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week at some point. Keep an ear out. Either way, this is NBA Australia saying have a good weekend. Look after yourselves. And later,
Cooking with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainesy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, g'day. It's Cooking with Bainesy and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Bainesy. Yep, that's right. Just here in this here episode, gonna whip up a nice, delish dish for you. You know what we're gonna do this week? Oh, hey, Cheryl. Look at you over there. You're always losing your mind. Anyway, we're gonna whip up one of my absolute Aussie favourites that you can have whenever. It is the classic bangers scrambled eggs on toast. That's right, bloody scrambled eggs on toast. That's right, I love me some scrambled eggs on toast, and I'll tell you what. It is easy peasy, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I mean? Protein, baby. Yeah, look at you. All right, so it's bloody simple, mate. All you got to do is go down to your soupy, load up on a thing of eggs, get a dozen of them. Don't be a coward. Don't get six. Get a dozen. Now, get the free-range ones. Don't be a prick and get those ones that are from Cage Chooks. That's a no-no. Now, make sure you got some butter, maybe a bit of milk, bit of salt and pepper. And now, don't be a coward. Get some chilies. Maybe grab some spring onions as well. Then get over to your bakery. Say good day to Steve the baker. G'day, Steve. How are you, mate? Yeah, there you go. Now, grab a thing of their fancy sourdough. Don't fuck around with shit bread, mate. This will blow your mind. Trust me. Righto. Now, you put your cooker on your medium. You get your fry pan or your saucepan. Whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter, mate. Grease her up with some butter. Now, bang eggs in there. Yeah, that's right. Just flat out, crack them straight in there. Now, some nongs do something different with it and whisk it all up in a bowl beforehand and mix in some fucking mixed herbs and all this shit. Don't bother. Do your whisking as they cook. So that's what you do. You crack the eggs in there, stir them up, take it off the hood a couple of times. There you go, there you go. Yep, just let her settle. Stir around, stir around. Bit of your milk, there you go. Look, oh, that looks bloody delicious, doesn't it? Right, now, pop your toast in, slice up your bread, pop your toast in, big thick slices, there you go. Now, just sit back, grab a tin. Oh, brekkie tins. How good is this? Now, chop up your chilli and your spring onions. Make sure your eggs are looking nice and moist, but not too moist, mind you. And throw them on the eggs. Bang in some salt and pepper on there. Grab your toast, butter her up. Burp, there you go. Mrs. will love that. Turn off the heat in your eggs, then you fang them on. I'll tell you what, Bob's your fucking uncle. Because that, my friends, is an absolute bloody ripper of a brekkie, a lunch, or even a bloody dinner. It's bangers scrambled eggs, that's right. It's just bloody delicious, mate. And it'll dead sit in Bresta Sheila's, don't you worry about that. You know, got a big night of banging ahead of you, behind you, whatever. Cook up this and I'll never leave your side. That's right. And if you want to get fancy, well, a bit fancy pantsy, oh, look at this, look at me, look at me. Add a side of avo. Add a side of bacon or smoked salmon even. Maybe even some little baby tomatoes. And that will taste fucking unreal. Trust me. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so how easy is that? Get stuck in, do it at home yourselves, and you'll absolutely bloody well love it. All right, there you go. Tune in to NBA Australia next time for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsy.